0: I'm Jackie from Cape Town in South Africa. Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Whitey from Botswana.
1: Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. I'm Lisa Brignol from
0: Christchurch, New Zealand. Nick Kedinji from Nairobi, Kenya. I'm Viggy from Tel Aviv in
1: Israel. I'm Andy from Vancouver, Canada. This is Harish from Bangalore in India.
0: I'm Brigitte
2: Seipestein from Frucht,
1: the Netherlands. I'm Dougie Nisbet from Durham in the UK,
0: and you're listening to Run with Coach Parry.
1: Welcome to this edition of Run with Coach Parry. My name is Brad Brown. It's awesome to have you with us once again. It is uh, time to share another one of our fly on the wall coaching calls, almost like an over the shoulder look uh, at what we do here at coachparry.com. And I'm super excited uh, for our next guest to join us. He's actually a returning guest. We spoke to him probably just over a year ago here on the podcast, and he's made some incredible gains uh, over the last 12 months. And we wanted to share some of those with With you today, but also help him get even faster. Uh, I'm talking about Jeffrey Abrams. I'll put the link to the first podcast uh, in the show notes to this one. So if you don't know much about Jeffrey, you can go back and listen to that one uh, and get his sort of backstory. But uh, in today's podcast, we're going to talk about how Jeffrey went from a 315 marathoner to a 253 marathoner in just over a year. I mean, that is phenomenal. We'll put a plan together uh, for Jeffrey to help him target a silver medal at this year's Comrades Marathon. Uh, we'll look at the lessons that Jeffrey took out of his Comrades 2019 where he missed a silver medal and uh, some of the things that he's learnt from that experience. Uh, we'll look at how to improve your running form and uh, approach when running up and downhill. We'll take a look at how to even your even out your body's uh, running biomechanics and imbalances. Uh, we'll talk about heart rate and what spikes in your heart rate mean. Is it interference or should it be something that you worried about? And we'll also discover the two secrets to Jeffrey's running improvements uh, as he's gotten older. He's uh, heading towards 50. He's 47 at the moment and literally uh, in the last month ran a 253 marathon, which is phenomenal. So, uh, if you're getting on like I am uh, and you're wanting to know how to get faster as you get older, this is one podcast you do not want to miss, okay? Something else that you don't want to miss before we get into that call with the coach and Jeffrey is our next Comrades Marathon Training Seminar. It's coming up in just a couple of weeks as we record this. You can register for it right now if you head over to coachparry.com forward slash webinar. The link is in the show notes to this as well on the podcast play you're listening to. You can just click through and make sure uh, that you are registered. We're going to have uh, Lindsay as well as our resident strength and conditioning coach, Shona Hendricks, on that webinar as well, talking about the importance of strength training, particularly for the Comrades Marathon downrun. Uh, and don't go anywhere either. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to share another success story uh, on the podcast from Vikram Varma, uh, who's had a great experience with us over at CoachParry.com. Uh, and don't forget, if you'd like to run as well as we know you can, all you need to do is head over to CoachParry.com forward slash j Join, grab yourself a training program, you get access to our entire team of coaches as a dietitian, as well as a community of runners just like you uh, that'll keep you motivated and hold you accountable. That website to get to once again is coachpower.com forward slash join.
2: Good morning, uh, Jeffrey. Uh, brilliant to have you back on another coaching call. It's probably been close to a year since you were on the last one and uh, a lot has happened. So, good morning. How are you?
0: Good morning, Lindsay, and happy Valentine to you. Um, ah, great.
2: Thank, thank you. Thank you. This is obviously uh, pre-recorded, so by the time people hear about this, they will probably have long forgotten Valentine's Day, but thank you. All right, so... Let's uh, talk a little bit about your, your mm. when, you, when you came onto, the, onto your coaching call around about this time last year. What was your PB for a marathon?
0: My PB for a marathon, it was a, uh, a 3.15. And I started the program in
2: 2018, September. Cool. And, and now, uh, as you sit there in your chair... Give us your age and your new, your new PB. Okay. My age is uh, 47.10. So
0: I'm wow. turning 48 in two months time on the 9th of April, just before it and my marathon it's 250, 10 seconds.
2: Yeah, so Jeff, I'm going to ask you just to turn your camera off because we're having some some uh, sound okay. issues there. But I'm quickly just going to going to summarize what you said for for the benefit of everyone listening, um, and that is that your 5K PB is now sitting at 17:34. Your 10K at 36:38. Your half marathon at 81 minutes. Marathon at 2:53. So that is down from three. 15 to 253 Jeff is now finishing regularly on podiums in the veteran category and he will be shortly be um standing on the top step I'm sure in a number of um of uh, marathon and, and oh sorry of, of of masters podiums um right so Jeff what is your main goal for this year
0: The main goal is elusive silver comrades that I'm looking for uh, that is the does the cherry on top because I've I have all the Pbs except the 56 intuitions but that is it's, it's not a major because I believe that I, I can still run a, a 415. Easy comfortable in two oceans. So that will be a new PB for for two tuition, oceans itself as I've ran my 2018 two oceans at 423. So yeah, um my my main goal is is achieving comrades. And the time that I set for myself for comrades, I know it's quite steep. It's a it's a 10. Cool. So I'll work that out, maybe if we can discuss that. Because I, I had a look at the, the splits based from 10, 21, 32, and so on. Whether Will I be able to do that? And as far as up to 56, uh, for me to be able to run a 7, 10, 10, I, I should be averaging at 446. So maybe if you can guide me on that, whether is it is it doable? And I, I know what I'm. I'm. How? What was my mistake on on, on comrades 2019? So maybe rectifying that uh, as I've started doing that uh, during training as well. So yeah, that that is my focus.
2: So the simple answer to your question is that absolutely. So if we take your marathon time, which incidentally your PB was set at altitude, and that. That is significant because, um, you know, when we drop down to sea level for comrades, we will be at an advantage there. But based on your current marathon time, um, you are in line for a seven twelve at comrades, and I think that, with a little bit um, more training between now and then, factoring in the mm-hmm. the altitude. And having a discussion now around what mistakes you think you made at comrades, I think that seven ten is definitely worth going for. And I, I think the most important thing with with going for that seven ten is that because it's so close to where your potential is, it's not you're not risking a massive blow. Of course, you know comrades being comrades, you may not quite hit your target. Um, you may come in at 17.50, and 7.15 or 7.20, but that'll be okay because your primary objective will be achieved and that is a silver medal. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very comfortable with us now discussing how to get you to that 7.10. So maybe that's a a good place for us to start and that is last year going into Comrades you were a marginal sub three or had you... Had you at that stage, I don't think you'd run your sub three. You'd run you ran your sub first sub three at Cape Town Marathon, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yes, that's correct.
2: Cool. So uh, going, in, going, going into to, Comrades, your, your, your marathon time was?
0: Going to my, my, my marathon time was a 3.08. Uh, that was the best in uh, January in Johnson Crane. Cool. And yeah, it was a tough one. Uh, with double hamstring, calf muscle pulled, and uh, yeah, so I it remember. was a struggle.
2: And when yeah. you went, when you went into comrades, um, what was your plan to go through halfway?
0: You know, Linda. I think there, I, I went into comrades. I thought I had a, I, I had a plan. I mean, I got the. I got the unbend, the timing unbend, it's, it it didn't work for me. I I couldn't understand it because it's backwards. So I know I had a, a 450 pacing plan in place to average that to say at least by 60, uh, 60 K I shouldn't be worse off than 450, but I started consecutively too slow. By the time I wanted to pick up, my leg wouldn't just go. I could barely do a 5.05 average pace. And I knew then at, at about 40K that I'm not going to make silver. And I, I just ran to finish. And I knew that if I get a sub 8.30, I'll be okay. So, and then I came back from, from Comrade's with, with a plan that if I want to average a, a certain pace for a race, I start the first 3K with that average being achieved. From there on, I can start on a negative split, just come down to the pace, and then build up from there. For example, uh, it will be, for example, if I want to run a, a, a four minute per K pace, as I was planning in Cape Town in September. I started at 3.50 for the first 3K. And then from there, I just hoovered between 4.02 and uh, 4 minutes per K, which at the end of the day, I got, I think, it's a 4.04 average overall. So it's been working for me for the last, I would say, 30 30 weeks or so. So I've been achieving that. So I'm I'm just perfecting that or trying to perfect that going to Comrades.
2: So look, I I think... I think you are your, – your strategy in the race is obviously sound. Um, and I think your best chance of running well um, at a race like Comrades is being as consistent as possible in terms of pacing from the beginning to the end. Um, yes. that, that is – so from that point of view, I'm 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 happy, and I think closer to the time, we do need to just discuss exactly what that means because it's very difficult to keep that in mind, that comrades, because that means you're gonna kind of be thinking kilometer after kilometer after kilometer after, and by by 60k you're gonna be mentally exhausted from working that out all the time. So we just you work out the route, and you will know that there that it's not so much about the physical pacing in terms of, okay, your goal might be to run close to 450 per kilometer as the average over the whole race. That would yes. mean that on the down run, when you leave Peter well, the the race will start and the first two kilometers will be faster than that because you're downhill. The next yes. two kilometers will be slower than that because it's an uphill, but by four kilometers, you'll be close to the average. Then we will hit um, we'll hit poly shorts and you'll go down poly shorts, down little polys, and those will be much quicker. But then from there till twenty-five Ks, and that's a really long stretch of about fifteen or sixteen Ks, you will then be quite a lot Ooh. slower. But it's the it'll be the four fifty effort. And that's the important thing yes. is 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 the effort that you use. So yeah, I mean if we look at, at your, your race and your race splits Last year you did in fact go through halfway very close to what you needed to for for um a silver. but I think at that stage you weren't quite the runner that you are now. And so, yes, expecting, expecting a negative split and having had the hamstring issues and not having done the complete training. I think last year you just didn't quite have the right mix of strength, fitness and speed. Whereas this Mm. year, this year you've got more than enough speed. You've got the, you've got the experience. Um, You aren't, you aren't over racing. So you're picking your races carefully and, and nailing them. So I think at at Comrades race day, your pacing will be spot on. Mentally, you'll be ready. This is the only race that matters for you in 2020. Yeah. So I'm I'm predicting that you will finish between 7:10 and 7:15. All right. Any other any other questions you've got around the training preparation? Anything that's been on your mind um, before? Yeah, let, 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 yeah. Let, let me lead you and then I, I, I do have a question for you, but that's what I want to I want to end off with.
0: Okay. There's just one thing I, I want to ask. It's, it's in, in connection with the uphill downhill running technique. Yes. Um, I'm not a big fan of downhill. I'll take uphill any given day uh, because of my cycling background. But I found out that I tend to struggle a bit going downhill. Uh you know, I'm now trying to avoid limiting my speed, going downhill as well as not to overexert myself instead of hitting my, my calves and my, uh, my, my quads going downhill. But I tend to approach uphills in, in four segments. For example, when I approach a, an uphill, if I'm, I'm doing a 440, going up to an uphill, I reduce the pace to say about 455, even to five, the first 25 min, 25% 25 of the heel. Now approaching halfway of the heel, you literally feel it in your lungs that you are getting more air in, and I tend to go much faster, not the 440, but say 445, 450. Obviously, the 75% to the 100% of the heel, it flattens out, you plateau again, You go back to your 440 even slightly faster. So that has been the approach. But if when you're on the incline and it drops tremendously, that's where my my challenge comes in. You know, I run as if I'm I'm sitting. But I just want to hear from you the technique because, you know, I I try to watch videos of people running downhill because I tend to learn more on my heels than on my toes
2: so the the best technique for running downhill is to shorten your stride considerably and increase the frequency of your stride so even if you do that even if you do land a little bit on your heels you greatly reduce those those impact forces now if it's a very steep hill it's so difficult not to lean back. And in fact, I would, I would go as far as to say that it's, it's not possible. Otherwise, all that if you lean forward into a steep hill, you will, your legs will start spinning out of control and you will be forced to take really big strides. And then that, that is what really hammers your legs. On a more gradual hill, you can take much smaller strides, you can lean into the hill, and you can land more on the, on the forefoot. And the, those much smaller strides will control the speed so it will, okay. it will slow you down. But the very important thing is that those very short, quicker strides mean that you're getting much less impact force through the the, the quads in particular, but also the glutes. And that is the best way to run downhill. Obviously, if you're running in a, like a shorter event race, you would still follow that technique, but you would then open your stride and be yeah. able to oh. push yourself down. But when you're doing marathons, in particular ultras, really it's about using the, the downhill to run that a little bit quicker, but it's about making sure that you don't push down that hill and hammer your quad. So you just shorten up that stride, increase the frequency, and float down the hill. And look, me and you both, we, uh, uh, my legs get really sore when I run downhill, and this, this that I've just told you now makes a, a big difference for me.
0: Yeah, okay. The, the other question, Lindsay, it's in the balancing of the left and the right. I'm, I'm using the coming heart rate monitor strap, which picks uh, vertical oscillation left and right balancing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I've watched myself. I asked a buddy of mine to record me when I was doing the progression run, which is, by the way, a new refresh on the on the revised yes. program for Silver. Yes. <laughs> and I, I had a look at how I run or when I'm running fast. I tend to tilt on the right, and I picked that up that, for example, I'll be, say, 40, 51% to the right and 49 to the left. What can one do to try to get as close
2: as possible in running balanced? So one of of the the things that we have to consider is that to safely run on the road, we have to run on one side of the road. So typically that means we're on one shoulder or the other. So that's the one thing that will impact because roads are designed um, to be slightly convex so that the water runs off the road and doesn't pool on the road. So that does mean that when we're running, into traffic our inside leg is hitting the ground earlier than our than our outside leg is hitting the ground, and that in turn means that there 's going to be a difference between left and right balance so the first thing is yeah. obviously where possible running on on very quiet roads where you can almost run in the middle of the road or if there 's a nice shoulder um, particularly like a gravel shoulder that sometimes helps but we yes. all have we all have slight differences and those differences are often linked to difference in strength between left and right and or difference between flexibility in in left and right so strength training strength training and in particular doing um single leg type of exercises like single leg squats split squats and step ups Those are the type of exercises that help to strengthen enough, strengthen to, to create that balance. And then there are more extreme causes of this, which um, may or may not be present, but if you have slight, a slight curvature of the spine, or if you have Mm. one hip that's uh, slightly in slight torsion, because you've got a very tight hip flexor, for example, those will sometimes also cause that, that left and, and right imbalance. But one of the ways that you can also combat the left and right balance in terms of um, the road is, again, if you're on a safer stretch of road, you can run out and back on the same side of the road. So in other words, you don't cross over to run into oncoming traffic, but okay. you need to be very confident that it's a very quiet stretch of road. It's a safe yeah, it, stretch of road because that isn't, that you know, particularly in South Africa, that is not a safe strategy for fixing that imbalance okay
0: right maybe the, the last one will be from me it's the erratic uh change in, in the heart rate assuming that one uses the the the, the chest strap
2: mm-hmm. Uh
0: normally on, on training runs easy and long runs I, I try to to run between zone two and three uh, unless it's a recovery run I, I just got one just to run on zone one i was yes. amazed but on, on on tempo runs, progression runs, and time trials, you, you tend to be on zone four and five. I mean, you, you 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 tilt to the red zone. But you find those spikes like 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 yesterday uh, when I was doing the progression run. I, I think my max is at three thirty. I struggled to to get to three thirty. I uh, was hovering around three thirty three, three thirty five, but I found one spike. Where my heart rate went to 180, where supposedly my max is supposed to be 172. But one is not too concerned about those. But when it starts to happen on easy runs, what could be the cause? Assuming that the, the battery of the heart rate monitor is fine, that we are not using the risk based heart rate, what could, it, could fatigue play a role?
2: So look, this is a great question, and I'm going to give you a, um answer which will answer your question in particular, but just because our heart rate is such a, a, a um, common question, I'm, I just want to answer it, it in full. So the first thing is because of what type of run you are, because you are so aerobically strong. Your maximum heart rate probably isn't in the one seventy. So at age an age predicted heart rate max for someone like you really isn't much use. Um and the only way we'll truly know your maximum heart rate is if we do something like five times three minute maximal efforts, or if we stuck you on a treadmill and did one minutes increments um of pace until exhaustion where you fell off the back of the, the treadmill. But so so Importantly, your, your max probably isn't in the 170s and it's highly likely to be in the in the low to mid 180s would be more appropriate, I think, for someone of your your ability. Um, although the heart rate strap is much more accurate and much more sensitive to your changes, it's it's way better than, than wrist heart rate, it still cool. comes with some limitations. So when okay. you get when you get situations where your max is completely at odds with the average. So, so in an interval or when you're doing your, your progression run would be a good example. If it's steadily climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing, and then there's this one outlier and then it comes back and it's climbing, that's probably interference. Okay. And you've either gone under a, a telephone line, electricity box, um, uh, cell phone tower, so there 's all sorts of things that can cause some very short term interference, and because we 're moving it it's interfere and it 's gone okay, okay. Um, if it 's climbing steadily 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 steadily, but it 's still climbing with the increase in intensity, and then when you get to that three hundred thirty, which is very fast by the way um, <laughs> that 's the same point as when you 're running at your fastest it's also where your heart rate is at its highest, then that's yes. probably a fairly accurate reflection of what your heart was doing at that point in time. On the easy runs, it's even more likely that you've run past something that is interfering, especially Perfect. if it's something that happens and it's there for a couple of seconds and then it settles down and, and goes normally. Uh, goes normal. There are examples um, where... Some people, when they start exercising, their heart rate goes up very high and stays there. But as you continue the exercise, it comes down. Now, those are things that are potentially an issue. And if that sort of thing is happening, then we do encourage people to go and see a doctor, have your heart checked out, make sure that there isn't something funny happening there. But if it's these random little spikes along the way, almost certainly interference. And what you probably find if you go back and look, because our easy runs tend to be on the same routes, you go back yes. and look, you'll probably find that they're spiking at very similar places along the, the, the route. Okay. Right.
0: Okay. No, that's cool. Uh, awesome. I think that's from, from my side. That will be it. You said you had a question for me.
2: Yeah. So I want you to tell the listeners um, one or two pieces of advice that you feel have gotten you to make such a big improvement um, in your late running career?
0: One it's consistency. As much as you sometimes you don't feel like you have to go for a run. You have to do it because, and you listen to your body. Uh, week in, week out, you don't have to run fast. You can alternate to say the first week of the month, if you have a pace range of 4.30 to 5.10, this week you can say, I'm going to club 4.30s. The next week it might be 4.45s and the following week it might be 4.50. The other one will be much slower than 4.50. You don't have to raise your training every time. That you have to monitor. Uh, secondly, it's sleep, recovery. I mean, if you know you have a long run on a Saturday, especially those ones that we are getting into now, the 4.45, three hours. I mean, on a Friday, it's a rest day. Try to get to bed as much early as possible. You know, after the long runs as well, if you can get away by not taking your wife to the mall, you know, you give your credit card (laughs) and you stay home and just sleep. Because I found out that sleep You recover much quicker it's it's amazing what the body does to itself i mean those are the two things for me that i i I don't compromise on consistency in training and my rest days and recovery so i i think it,
2: it works best for me jeff that is amazing advice um people probably won't believe me but i did not prompt jeffrey at all with those answers but if he ever decides to retire from his day job we will have a a job for him at Coach Perry. That is absolutely brilliant, gold advice. Um, Jeffrey, thanks for joining us on this call. You are a very active member in our forums um, and uh, we look forward to interacting with you there and I really can't wait to see you walking around with a silver medal around your neck at Comrades. Good luck with the training and speak soon. Thank you. Thank you. I much appreciate it, Lindsay.
1: How cool is that? 253. Man alive, that is fast. Jeffrey, we are so proud of you. You have no idea. Well done, mate. Someone else that we are extremely proud of and something we love doing in the Coach Parry Online Training Club is celebrating success. And we've been able to help thousands of runners uh, over the last few years achieve their goals. Uh, and Vikram Varma is one of them. Uh, he said, first full marathon, mission accomplished. Hi, Coach. First off, thanks to you for the amazing training plan and running advice. I was training for my first full marathon and you suggested that I follow the sub 4 hour 30 training plan trust me the race was brutally tough I did my LSD's and they really helped the strength training too I feel was beneficial however managed in 4.33 I'm super excited to have nailed my first full marathon in style and have also qualified for comrades 2020 woohoo Vikram uh, he says I'm so happy and excited thank you to everyone at Coach Parry for all the support during my training Vikram you're most welcome and 4.33 for a debut marathon hats off to you. that is superb well done you've done the work and you know what Uh, with experience and anyone who's run multiple marathons will tell you uh, the last sort of eight to ten k's are always tough but with experience the more marathons you run uh, the better you get at managing that so 433 targeting a 430 uh, to get that close to your goal first time out is superb so well done to you And don't forget, if you'd like to be part of one of the most interactive running communities online, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, we've got athletes uh, here in South Africa, we've got in Australia, the UK, uh, right across Europe, North America, South America, the works, come and join us. All you need to do is head over to coachpoweryou.com forward slash join.